Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shear. Getting a little more on track now again with the 9 o'clock start. Baruch Hashem. Because of the um, earlier Maidiv. Lila Nishmas, of course. Baruch bin Levi. And Amir Basara. This week's Pasha is A. Shabbos Rishchidish El. Rishchidish El. We've reached Rishchidish El. Pasha A, very, very rich Pasha. With the Yom Tevin. With the kosher, thank you. Kosher animals, kosher birds, kosher fish. You are what you eat. The A means to see. The A means to see. There's no comparison. Seeing to hearing. You can hear about something, but if you actually see it, it's a totally different thing. The different days and modest, if a love sees something, if he's allowed to be, sit on the din even, you have to hear exactly what's going on, what, what, what transpired. Mm-hmm. But the A is to see. When you see, it's tangible. When you just hear about something, it's not necessarily as tangible. When you see it, though, you know that this is what you've seen. This is what actually happened. Says the Tater. Ride the Pasuk with me, please. The A, C. Not here, but C. By seeing, a person is totally, totally enveloped in what they what they're actually seeing, what they're hearing, what they're experiencing. Anechi. Pasuk reads a Anechi Nesin Efnechem Hayim. Let's see. I'm giving before you today. Habracha. The AC. Don't feel it. Don't hear it. Actually, see what's going on. Anechi. When Hashem refers to Himself by the Aseret Hadibis, by the Ten Commandments, Hashem refers to Himself as Anechi, not Ani. Anechi, therefore, is the highest level when it comes to reference of God. 
So see that Anechi, the Anechi of God is giving us. Nesen, call Anesen, buying off Anesen. When someone actually is Nesen, they're giving, they give it, means they're giving with a full heart. It's not just a little bit. Lifnechem. Lifnechem refers to not just Lochem. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it Lifnechem. Lifnechem refers to your insides, your essence. So therefore, I see Anechim Nesim Lifnechem. I am giving within you as Habracha the Bracha. Hashem is giving to us the Bracha in a way that it's visible, in a way that it's something that we actually see, so that it comes from the highest of sources of Anoichi, and Lifneichem comes within us, within each and every one of us. Let us make a detour to Chedesh El a moment, or a few minutes. Shabbat A always comes out connected to Chedesh El, either Shabbos Mevarchim Chedesh El or Shabbos Chedesh El as it is this year. El is referred to as Chedesh HaKeshbin, Chedesh HaTshuva. It's the last month of the year. And therefore one needs to make a calculation. So we've spoken many times of how Chedesh El is a preparation and not only a preparation for the year to come but more so it is a a way of preparing ourselves and making a cheshma nefesh, making a solid calculation as to what we have done throughout the year. And that's Chedesh HaKeshma. And therefore we have a chance, an opportunity to make up for anything, any shortcomings, any things that we haven't done, any things that we haven't accomplished in the course of the year. Not only that, but more so, we have the opportunity to change. We have an opportunity to make resolutions for the year to come, so that the year to come should be a better year than the year before. I'll tell you in a minute. In the word of El, the word El has many different acronyms to it. Taking the letters Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed, many different Rosh Tevis come up from this month, from this word. Um, namely, mm-hmm. of the several that we have, first one is reference to Tshuva. Hashem should 
circumcise the heart, the heart of your children. Es levavcha ve'es levav zarecha is ve'es levav is aleph lamid vav lamid. The mila of the heart, circumcising the heart, taking away from the the skin that holds back and that makes this, the heart do things that it shouldn't do. After a person takes off the skin, their heart is now open. Open fully. And he gets down now to the basics. And this, of course, the Aveda to Hashem, as we see in Pekiavis, the first Mishnah, the second Mishnah, first Pedic. Allah Teda, Allah Veda, well, give me this chasadim. Whoops. There we go. Welcome, Scranton. The three things that the person needs to do to serve God. Then we have learning of Teda. When it comes to the Ari Mikla, it says, Inu Samti The Teda is telling us that this is a concept of Miklat, a, a shelter. It says, Divri Teda Kultin. And it protects the person from the Yet Sahara. Then we have a form of Tefillah. So, so far we have Tshuva, Teda, and Tefillah. Ani Li. This is the essence of Tefillah that ties the person between the person and God. Through love of God. Telling the, the person, saying, I, Ani, the person, Lidaydi to HaKadosh Baruch to my beloved. And then, Gemilas Chasodim, Mitzvah of Tzedakah, where again the Pasuk says, Ish L'Rayehu Umatanes L'Evyeinim, Again, Rashatevis of El. So, in the month of El, we need to strengthen ourselves. And we need to fix everything that we did the past year. And this way, move on and forge ahead for the year to come. In order that all this should happen, there's a need for Gula. First and foremost. The Geula, the redemption of everything. The things that hold us back, that restrain us, that make us the difficult, cause us difficulties in doing and in pursuing mitzvahs. A Jew needs to always be involved in the concept of Geula, that I need to know that Hashem is going to redeem us from this Golas. I will be a free person to serve Hashem. And therefore, all these other things that hold us back, that in, in the exile, that cause us, that, restra- that restrain us from doing what we need to do, will be taken away. And this ultimately comes to the Gula Mitzvah Shlema, where we see the Gula Mitzvah Shlema also is mentioned in the Rashatevis of El. The El, the letters of El, also tell us about Gula Mitzvah Shlema about the ultimate redemption of Mashiach Tzidkenu. Ashir al-Hashem v'ayoyim l'leymer. In Shiras Moshe.
is also referring to the Geula, to the ultimate Shira that we will sing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the Jews will sing by the Geula, by the redemption of the ultimate Golas. And this is therefore our preparation that we prepare ourselves not only for Rosh Hashanah, but we prepare ourselves for the ultimate Gula, which should happen because of Mamish. And of course the passion begins with the choice that we find and we see if we do what needs to be done we receive the bracha and if chashol not the opposite. Amongst the Psukim, amongst the Parsha, it talks about the false prophet. A Novi Bekir Bechal is going to stand up, is going to say, it's shaved him as well, it brings it down. The person that comes and he starts to tell you how to behave and how to do things, and all of a sudden he starts telling you the opposite. He starts telling you how to serve Hashem, and then he tells you how not to do it. This person needs to be brought to Bezden, and ultimately the, it's a capital punishment for this. Anyone that causes a Jew to sin in such a way, turning them away from God, God forbid, it's capital punishment. That is providing it's not just something that indirectly the person said to somebody, but they actually work on the person to stop doing a certain mitzvah. So let's get real. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Though would say says, I'm in love with the one above. We're in love with God. We love Hashem. And we know Hashem does everything for the best. We know there's nothing that happens by chance, by circumstance. Everything is from the hand of Hashem to us. And Hashem knows everything that's going to happen. Why? The fact that we have a question, why do we have a Sahara? It's a pretty strong question. Don't push it away. Don't just poo-poo it, as you say in America. 
It's a solid question. Why do we have a Yetzirah? You banish them. You want us to do mitzvahs. You want us to study Torah. You want us to do the right thing. The Nashim Tzidkani is that walk around Sneas in this weather, in a hundred degrees weather, and they walk around Sneas. This is pure Mesidus Nefesh. And believe me, we see unfortunately those that can't withstand it. They must suffer from allergies or whatever it is of sweat, and therefore they need to compromise. Whether it's correct or it's not correct, I'm not going to go into it. We don't talk bad about Jews. Especially not Nashim Sitkanias. So why? Why the Nisyanis? Why the tests? Why give us a Novi that's going to tell us a story and tell us and convince us that we should follow him and then all of a sudden lead us down the wrong path, God forbid. They tell a story of a king that was obsessed with roosters. Every, every, different strokes for different folks. He was obsessed with roosters. He wanted, he didn't want roosters running around his palace, of course, but he felt the rooster, the regal, the power, the beauty of the rooster. He wanted a nice, beautiful painting of roosters. He called in the court artists and told them, I want paintings of roosters. Please make me a painting of roosters. And of course, no problem. They got a few roosters to sit on the pedestal so they can model for them. And they painted roosters. One guy actually took paint and colored a rooster himself. He said he had to paint the rooster. Okay, everyone to its own. Different strokes for different folks, literally. Um, That was as corny as it's going to get. Anyway, the uh, king was not satisfied. He was not satisfied. It's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a painting of a rooster that's going to look like a painting of a rooster. But your majesty, they look like roosters. It's snished. And he got foreign painters to do it. Snished. Finally, the king decided. There's only one way I'm getting a painting of a rooster. And if I pay for it, So he offered to bring the three greatest artists in the world. He offered them a palatial house for a full year with a tremendous stipend. And the one that produces the most beautiful rooster, the one that I want, will get a tremendous reward. The stipend won't be removed from the other two, but that's what he's looking for. Listen, you want it, you pay for it. No. In a year's time, the king built a stadium. Uh A magnificent stadium to fill his entire kingdom into it. And they made this unbelievable stage. 
And the royal throne was sitting opposite the stage. And the day had come. And on the stage stood the three artists, and next to them, in beautifully ornate curtains, coverings, on pedestals were their paintings. And finally, the king raises his hand up, and this entire stadium of thousands of people become quiet. King points to artist number one. Artist number one nobly bows down. And artist number one takes the rope in his hand that's connected to his curtain, to his painting. And he pulls it off. As he pulls it off, the whole stadium gasps. (gasps) What a beautiful painting. He stands on the side to admire. He's definitely the winner. Lo and behold, the king gets up from his throne and he gets closer to the painting and he goes to the right and he goes to the left and he looks from this way and that way he puts his head this way and that. It's beautiful. That's not what I want. Oh, the devastation. The groan, the silence, the moan of the entire thousands of people in unison. This poor fellow lost his prize. But even more so, the king still does not have a rooster. And so the king gestures to the second artist, and again the second artist unveils the most magnificent, beautiful painting of a rooster. You would just want to eat it. And again the king examines and cross-examines and goes up and down and backward and forward and says, "Eh, Beautiful, amazing, but... And the whole crowd again goes, Oh... And then the third artist stands next to his canvas. And he says, Your Majesty, he calls out with his full voice, I need a favor. King says, Okay. I mean, I've been favorable to you a whole year long. And you're number three, so you're obviously, I'm relying on you, so I don't want you to fail. I want my rooster. Your Majesty, he says, I need a favor. After you look at my painting, do not make a decision for 15 minutes. Give the painting 15 minutes before you look at before you give a judgment. Don't say a word until after 15 minutes. <laughs> what a request. But, again, I want a rooster. Bajalista, he says. Davai, let's do it. And the man takes the curtain string in his hand. And he raises up the curtain. And the entire crowd lets out a gasp. There in front of everybody is a blank canvas. 
And the man says, and the king is about to kill him. And the king wants to scream, and he says, Your Majesty, I asked you, and you said yes. You're going to give me 15 minutes. And the king says, Okay, you have your moments. And the artist takes out his paint, and takes out his brushes, and gets to work diligently. Stroke after stroke. And everybody's watching this in amazement, in mesmerized, watching the artist going from stroke to stroke. The head, the crown, the, the feathers, the, the, the feet. He is producing the most magnificent looking rooster they've ever seen. And after ten minutes he steps back and says, voila. And it's this gorgeous rooster. And everybody's quiet. Nobody knows what to say, what to do, what to react. And finally, one of the king's advisors puts his hands together and starts to clap. And he claps, and the next person, and it starts, it gets contagious, and the entire stadium begins to clap for this artist. And they're banging their feet and cheering and screaming. Everybody is ecstatic. They're enthralled with this gorgeous painting that they just saw unfold before their eyes. And the king too stood up and gave a standing ovation. And the entire stadium in a standing ovation cheering for this winning rooster. The artist says, Your Majesty, can I indulge in one more favor? King is so happy, and so exhilarated, and this man is his savior, he says, of course, what favor would that be? Says that house that you gave me for a year? Yes. Please come with me. Please come with me to visit king says, okay. I mean, it's a, a, a trivial favor to ask. And they walk to the artist's house. And they open the door. And the king steps inside. And to his shock, around the entire house, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of paintings of roosters. In other words, it's not as if this guy was sitting on his hands all year and waiting for this moment and producing ten minutes. He says, Your Majesty, I've been working on your rooster the entire year. Please don't even think, Chasr Shalom, I neglected my job. And I wanted to have a rooster that I'm living with, that I'm existing with, that I can feel like to be tangible to me and therefore I drew over and over and over I became obsessed with the roosters it, it took me through and through so now when I painted this last rooster before you it was my rooster that I've lived with for the entire year it was my etzim, my metzius and you saw it 
unfold, you saw the life that went into my rooster. And this gave you that feeling of satisfaction of the ultimate rooster. <laughs> Teda is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Teda is a beautiful essence. Teda is what we need to live. Excuse me, therefore, we need to have our barriers. We need to have our resources. We need to have our connections. We need to have our feet, both feet on the ground and our head on our shoulders and know which way is up in order to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We need to make Teda and Mitzvah us. We need to make Siyata Dishmaya us. Dvar Halacha us. Das Teda us. These what make us exist. This is the way in which I will walk, talk, drink, sleep, eat, etc. I will find, and therefore, when the Navi, the Navi, the false prophet comes before you, when the Yetzirah comes to attack you, say, you think you're talking to a child? It doesn't work, my friend. I live and breathe the way of Teda. I live and breathe the way of God. And I don't look right or left. And I don't care if it's a small little Avedale. I don't care if you're trying to convince me to do something minute. Because I know you very well. Once I listen, once I give you my ear for the most minute sin, you're going to take my ears, my hands, my feet, my brain, my heart, my nose, and you're going to destroy me. You're going to take everything and make it do what you want it to do. And this, therefore, in order to have our rooster that we establish our rooster that we make, our rooster that we build, so that everyone knows the manishmu, v'yiru, v'yilmedu, they should learn and see and hear, that we live, ot gate ayid, there should not be a question, that this person walking on the street, is Jewish, and is proud to be Jewish, and lives and breathes Torah and mitzvahs. Pasuk tells us in this week's parasha, starting chapter 12, from Pasuk Chof to Chav Gimel, Perik Yud Beis, Chof 20 to 23. A very interesting thing. Ki yarchiv Hashem elikecha es givulcha kashadibelach. When Hashem God expands your borders, as He has spoken to you, and you say, I want to eat meat. I will eat meat. 
because your soul wants to eat meat. Tells us the Tera, fine, you can eat meat. However, finishes the Pasuk, Rak Chazak Levelti Achel Hadam. Straighten yourself, refrain from eating the blood. Wow. Wow. Refrain from eating the blood. If you keep your score at home, Mesech Tzchulin Tezayin Amad Beis, page 16, side 2. According to one opinion over there, during the years of the desert, the only meat that a Jew was allowed to consume was the meat of a carbon, of a sacrifice. Therefore, they were used to eating only that meat. So Moshe goes on to tell them with his introduction, when things get nice for you, and you're going to be living on the high high roller society, high society lifestyle, and you're going to have your borders will be will be expanded. You will be allowed to eat meat. Whenever what? Saven nafshei When your soul will desire it. Which means the animal could be any given animal, even if it's not a sacrifice. Like we have today. You get a proper sheikhit, proper baidik, proper nikur, proper kashring. And eskizuntahid, preferably if you cooked it first. The raw meat story is just really not, not a thing. The fact that Jews were now starting to eat meat in Eretz Yisrael, that's not a carbon, this shows us how there, there was a shift in the spiritual focus. And this shift was coincided with the transition of the Jews leaving the desert and going into the land. In the desert, everything was spiritual. The man, the Ananiakov, the water, this all came from God directly. Now, was planting and feeding the animals and seeing to it. You had to enter, you had to, once they entered that cell, they had to engage in, in material work, menial work. In that case, I got to make sure that I have a farm. And I got to make sure my animals are healthy. And I got to make... So, <laughs> then, when do I have time to sit and learn Tera? Your mission now is to take Gashmias and make it Ruchnias. To take a physical, mundane piece of chicken and make it into something spiritual. No. It doesn't mean spray it and say you're a fish, you're a fish, you're a fish. There's a famous story. The fellow that uh, decided to convert to Christianity, Rahman al And um, 
He said, okay, I'm ready to convert. They said, fine. They took him into a room. They sprayed him with the ma- magical water. And told him, okay, he's converted. They sprayed him with the water. Vanished. They told him, one of the things you can't do, can't eat chicken on Friday night. Because it's a Shabbos thing to do. Can't do it. Good. Scabble. Comes Friday night. And the Yidl Zetzchavek with his napkin tucked in his shirt. He's got his knife and fork and he's got his chicken on the plate, his polka. And he's ready to eat. All of a sudden the Galach comes running in and says, Son, I told you you can't eat chicken on Friday night. This is chicken. Not eating chicken. He says, There's a chicken in front of you. He says, No, Father. I took the magical water and sprayed it and said, You're a fish, you're a fish, you're a fish. It's a fish. It's not chicken, it's fish. Don't uh, do that in Scranton, please. Don't start spraying all the chickens and telling them they're fish. Not, it won't be good for business. Oh no. Video froze. Why? I actually restart the computer totally. I shut down the computer and restart it so this should not happen. I don't understand it. Okay. It's totally verfutscht. Wonderful. Smack in the middle of saying something. It would freeze. Okay. If we can get some cooperation out of this thing, it would be a sweet thing to happen. That close the program. Is that me? It's me. Oh, sure. I thought my computer was about to explode. So, now I have to, the camera froze. I have to restart it. But it's still recording audio here. It's amazing, but I just feel bad for the people that are getting video. So I want to make sure they get the end of this Dvartera. But the video is taking an awful long time to start up. Okay. Okay. This is part two. This is part two of the Shir. I'm sorry, it froze before. As we were talking about how to elevate. So in the desert, in the desert, God provided everything they needed. So all they had to do was study Tera. So there was no justification for mundane eating of meat. Because the job was not yet to elevate the mundane into spirituality. Animals were actually sacrificed as a carbon to God. So that made them as holy as it's going to get. And this only became permissible for consumption when? When they came into Israel. Now they were permitted to partake in the physical world. Even beyond, which is obviously sacred, the karbonis are still holy, but beyond the karbonis, they were still allowed to partake. 
And therefore, responsibly, of course, they were able to infuse even their mundane desires in godly purpose. But the Torah has a little warning here. Rak chazak levilti adam. The Torah warns us, be strong eating, not to eat the blood. When we refer to blood, we're talking about a metaphor of energy. Enthusiasm, passion. The Torah is admonishing the person to only eat the meat that has been drained of its blood, which means when we utilize this worldly desire, when we utilize and we want to eat and perform God's purpose with this piece of meat, we do so without blood, without excitement, without lust, without physical enjoyment or pleasure. We do it because... I do it because I need to elevate this piece of meat. I need to make it something spiritual. I need to give it a, an essence, a metzias. And therefore, I'm eating this meat. I'm eating it so that I have care to work, to do service of Hashem. Gotta have your protein. So all you uh, vegans, you now have a new reason to stop being a vegan and to start eating meat. Enjoy your steaks. But don't get over carried away. Everything is from the hand of God. The minute that we take a step in any direction is the hand of God. The fact that we are in a certain place at a certain time is obviously the hand of God. When one comes into contact in connection with the shepherd, with their mentor, with their guardian angel, with the person that they look up to, that they dedicate, that dedicates their life to them. It's all from the hand of God. When they meet, how they meet, etc. Not only that, every second of our day, every day of our year, every month, has a purpose and a reason why it's in that order. The Pasuk tells us, chapter 16, Pasuk Aleph. First Pasuk, chapter 16. Safeguard the month of spring and offer the Pesach offering to God. Hashem Alekecha. Why? To God your God. Why? Because in this month of spring, the Almighty took you out of Egypt at night. Therefore, what is the date, in, in essence, from the Teda? What is the date for the holiday of Passover and Pesach? Springtime. When spring comes, the 15th of Nisan, on that day of Pesach begins, and this is the emphasis that's placed on the timing of this holiday, 
highlights, uplifting message conveyed in springtime. And we follow up in this follow suit thereafter is Pesach is Shavu seven weeks later, and then we have Sukkis the, the few months later. During the months of winter, generally in the normal populous places of normal population, for example, the abnormal New York. During the months of winter, you don't see any kind of plant life. You don't see the flowers blossoming, the good things growing, the grass growing. When winter concludes, all that growth that was laid dormant in the earth all winter long starts to blossom. Springs to life. So therefore we understand the fact that this was not there the whole winter long was temporary pause. For what? To allow the nature to rejuvenate. Okay. Now that spring comes in, a fresh crop of vegetation blossoms and thrives. When the Jews came out of Egypt, they came out with a similar message. B'nai Yisrael suffered bitterly in Egypt. <laughs> you know, in today's warped, anti-Semitic world, you have the Holocaust deniers. You have the people that are standing up and denying that the Holocaust ever happened. No Jew was ever killed, nothing ever happened. But, ironically, we don't have any Egypt deniers yet. <laughs> I've yet to hear anybody say the Jews were not slaves in Egypt you don't have that, I've never heard that before so that's, I think we should start a new campaign if you want to become famous about something start a campaign that this whole thing that happened in the year 2448, the Jews left Egypt they didn't have to leave Egypt they weren't in Egypt, it never happened there was no Egypt, there was no Jacob he didn't go down to Egypt, it didn't happen Joseph was not a king etc we don't have any of those deniers yet, so if you are looking for something to become famous about, um, you can g- put your th- sink your teeth into that and see how far it gets you. Good luck. The Jews suffered bitterly in Egypt, and they were oppressed bodily and spiritually. Why? Why? During the 400 plus years in Egypt, they could not fathom or figure out what they were going through, why they were being subjected and put through it. A little later, they left, they were redeemed from exile, and they saw in essence that these years in exile refined them. It refined them, it made them edel, it gave them an edelkite, for a few days at least, until they started sitting with an eagle with the golden calf. Until that time, they were pretty good. And they were able to hear God's voice 50 days after leaving Egypt. They were so refined, and they were so... I have no idea how to say that in English. That 50 days later, they were standing by Sinai, by Mount Sinai, hearing... God's voice giving them Ten Commandments. 
We don't have any of those deniers either, by the way. No. Mount Sinai was Mount Sinai. Moses went up says, got two tablets, everybody knows that story. He broke the two tablets, everybody agrees on that story. What he did up there 40 days and 40 nights, we don't know. Terry says what happened, but hey, you know. But we don't have any real deniers coming up on that one yet either. The same is true for us as individuals. If ever we experience a period of life that it seems barren, it's dry, I don't know what I'm doing here. I can't understand vos, what? What's it all about? What am I doing? What am I existing for? I'm not doing anything. I'm not accomplishing anything. We have to realize that this barrenness, this void that we're going through, is not is almost positive, not a permanent reality. It's a temporary break so that we can rejuvenate and blossom and flourish again. And that's what we ultimately look forward to, to being able to do just that. Um, Elaborates on that, I should have used this one instead. Okay. Pasha says, Hold everything, it's getting late over here, we got a chaperine. Chaydish El, we begin on Chaydish El to blow the Shafer. There are those that practice on the first day of Rashana, on the first day of Chaydish El. This year, please do not practice on the first day of Chaydish El, as it is Shabbos. This Shabbos is Shabbos Yishchidosh, therefore the Haftedah will not be the third of the Shiva de Nechemta, of the seven Haftedahs of Nechama, from Shabbos Nachmu on, but rather it will be of Shabbos Yishchidosh, and because Sunday is the second day of Yishchidosh, therefore that is referred to as Machar Chidosh, the next day being Chidosh, therefore there is a Haftedah of Machar Chidosh as well, but we don't do both Haftarahs in entirety. We do the Haftarah of Reish Chedish, and we do first and the last Psukim of Machar Chedish. Davening, we need to add Yalav Yavai to our Tfilas of Kabbalah Shabbos, Shachris, and Mincha. Shabbos Musaf, we start with Daven Atta Yitzarta, which is usually on the bottom half of your page of your Siddur, which refer which adds in all of Rish Chedish and Shabbos together. There is no Tzitkascha said, there is no Tachlan obviously on Rish Chedish. The recital of the Dovah Hashem Eri starts on the first day of Rish Chedish. On Aleph. On Aleph. Excuse me, no, it doesn't start. Give me the Siddha there. My brain is fine. The recital of the three Kapitlach. It is customary to say Three Kapitlach of Tehillim every day. Which means, on the first day of Aleph Elul, we say Aleph, Beis, and Gimel. And on the second day of Chedesh Elul, we say Dalet, Hey, and Vav. And each day, yes, first day is Chedesh. Sunday. Dabr we start on, no, we start on Dabr on Shabbos. 
Yes. The three capitlach will start on Sunday. Kiyah Shefer, of course, will start on Sunday. There are different customs in Kiyah Shefer. Many Chabadists, we go Tashat, Tashat, and Tarat, which is Kiyah Shvarim Truot Kiyah, Kiyah Shvarim Kiyah, and Kiyah Truot Kiyah. And are those that only hold the blow the first set. Shefer blowing is after Shachris. We don't do it by Mincha as well, at least not many Chabad. If Yeshul does it, either they got it mixed up or they have people that didn't get the chakras and ask somebody to blow for it by the Mincha. They wanted to hear. It is not Minatayda to hear the Shefer and Chedesh El. It is, however, commendable because we're hearing the Shefer, it awakens our hearts to do Tshuva, to go into Chedesh El and to do Tshuva for Chedesh Tishrei. Um, the Sfardi have a Sfardim Sfardim have the custom they start Slichas from the Shkedish El can't bless them with that the Ashkenazim are not getting away with it too much this year anyway because we have the longest possible Slichas because Rosh Hashanah is Tuesday and Wednesday they are Duresh sorry no what's Sunday Monday Monday and Tuesday. Uh-huh. Shashan is Monday and Tuesday. So, Slichas needs to be said four days. Slichas needs to be said four days, at least. So, if it's on Monday, you only have Sunday. So it's only one day. So we say, the Matzah Shabbos before that. So we're going to start the Matzah. We have a full week and change of Slichas. And in turn, on Sunday, which is the Shashanah, we will say the Slichas of Erev Rosh Hashanah. You have, of course, the Minig of other Achinu Bnei Yisrael that will say also Slichas in Aseris and Mechuvah. Thank the al and Minig Chabad, we only say Slichas before Rosh Hashanah. Um, but that's later on, we'll discuss it later at the end of the month. The we said the three kapitlach tilim, which is a beautiful thing to do. To say every day three kapitlach. Um, if you need, I can remind you which kapitlach are that day. The don't we don't finish tilim obviously that way because we only get to ninety at the end of the month. So there are certain the Alter Rebbe has written up in the in the, the back of the tilim how it's divided up exactly. On Rosh Hashanah, which Kapitlach said, which Kapitlach said, on Yom Kippur, different parts of Yom Kippur, till the entire Tilim by Neila is finished off. Uh, there's no prohibitions of music or anything like that in Chedesh El. Weddings are allowed in Chedesh El. El represents Melech Basadeh. The marshal that's given by Al Tereba is the king is in the field. When the king is in his palace on his throne, not everybody's allowed to come talk to him. You need to have an appointment sometimes for years in advance. And sometimes you don't get it. And when you do get it, you can come in for a second and the king is so, so intimidating and so scary with all his beautiful furniture and, and royalty, etc., person starts to tremble and doesn't even know remember, remember what he wanted to ask. In the Chayi 
It's Melech Basada. The king is in the field, you are allowed to ask anything you want. And when the king goes out to the field, he goes out to greet the people. And he wants the people to be comfortable with him. And he wants to talk nicely to the people. Therefore, that's Melech Basada. The king is in the field. And by the king being in the field, we may ask of all that we need to and that we want. So throughout the month of El, Davin hard, Davin strong, so that we are given and granted a beautiful new year. There are those that hold the opinion, one more very important opinion, of course, Minigisol Tehrehi. Don't forget that there are those that hold it, the Shabbos Yishchidi, you make an extra kugel, a different type of kugel, because you have for Shabbos, you always have the kugel that you have, so you should make a special one for Yishchidish, so there should be a special meal for Yishchidish. The Sephardish Minig is also to light a candle on Yishchidish, and therefore they should add a candle when they light Friday night candles on Shabbos. And when Matzah Shabbos, the light fell, Yohanavi, they also will add a second candle. This is, of course, only for the Sephardim that are listening to this year. And may we merit that this Chedesh, this is Chedesh, we should hear the Shira Hashem. We should hear the 10th the Shira, as we said before, and we should be able to go with Mashiach Tzikenu to Yerushalayim, Yerach Shabbat Shalom to all.